Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns and Foster, Temper Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60 month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. This is the Sports Edge with Rick Wolf on your flagship station for New York sports. The Fan, Sports Radio 66 and 1019 FM, WFAN, New York. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Rick Wolf's Sports Edge. I am your host, Rick Wolf. Well, if you haven't heard, Ted Sabato's son, Aaron, the hard-hitting first baseman for University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, and from Rybrook, New York, was drafted this past week by the Minnesota Twins in the first round, the 27th overall pick. Very, very exciting stuff. And later on in the program, I hope to talk with both Aaron and his dad, Ted, about the actual process of going through the draft, what went on behind the scenes, what happens next, and so on. Again, hopefully that's later on uh, in the show about 840 or so. But right now, I want to take a breather from all of the ongoing and constant discussion and confusion about when our kids can safely return to playing youth, travel, and high school sports. Uh, But I will say one quick note regarding last week's discussion with Steve Callis about asking parents to sign legal waivers that they won't sue in case their youngster gets COVID-19 playing sports. Well, just yesterday on the front page of the New York Times, there was a major article about how more and more employers are now asking their employees to sign these kinds of waivers, that they won't sue their firms uh, when they come back to work uh, if they get COVID-19. So we'll, we'll see what happens uh, on the, in the youth sports uh, front as well. In any event, I thought I'd approach you this morning with an idea that may at first might seem totally radical and revolutionary. But the more you think about it, the more you might actually like this. In short, why not flip the current high school fall sports season with the current high school spring season. That is, instead of having football and field hockey, soccer, volleyball, cross country, and so forth be played in the fall, which is done, of course, traditionally, put them into the spring schedule. And then you can take baseball, softball, lacrosse, track and field, and play them in the fall. I know this is different, but I do think it's worthy of discussion. It's a concept that Mike Spina, a longtime listener of the show and a longtime high school coach, has come up with. And, and I have to tell you, this is, this is worth your thoughts, and I'm eager to get them at one 337 Mike Spina has enjoyed a long and very successful career in coaching high school sports on Long Island. He was 
For many years, the head football coach at Floral Park High School. More recently, he's joined the staff at Massapequa High. He's had great success coaching softball, volleyball, baseball, you name it. He's also a highly regarded educator, has a list of notable awards for his teaching as well. Mike joins me this morning to talk about this rather novel idea. Mike, good morning. Good morning, Rick. How are you? I am good. Let's let's get into this, Mike. You know, I, I imagine... You know, we live in a society, particularly when it comes to sports, there's always a sense of, okay, let's keep it all old school, why, why sort of rock the boat? So I'm sure the initial reaction may have, has, might have been somewhat skeptical to this idea of flip-flopping the fall and spring sports, but what, what kind of reaction have you had to this so far? Uh, it's been mostly positive. I mean, you're going to get mixed reviews. I mean, I'm 54 years old. I've been on the varsity staffs for over 34 years. And I coach in all three seasons. Yep. And, you know, you get the spring coaches that are out there in winter jackets, shoveling snow, field <laughs> conditions are always horrible. Yep. You're sharing one gym with six teams. And they always say, oh, the weather stinks. It's horrible out there. And then you get the fall coaches like myself. And, I, you know, I run a football camp. I own a camp. And you're in the heat. And the one thing that you hear about all the time is the dangers of playing certain sports. In the heat, like football, for example, you're wearing 30 pounds of equipment. You're, we have very strict guidelines, especially on Long Island, with the heat index. Yep. So early in the season, especially in the summer, you know, those guidelines sometimes going to affect your practice schedule. And it can affect the game. So my idea has been for about 10, 15 years. And, and Rick, let me, let me say that I'm not going to be the one to say that I invented this idea. All right? Because I'm sure other people... And other states have tried this idea and talked about it. But I've been trying to push this just to start a discussion in a committee. Mm-hmm. And I think that you should play the warm sports, the sports that you stand around a little bit more in the summertime and the fall when the weather is still nice, and the cold weather sports like football, soccer, which is played all year round, play them in the spring. And now I know the traditionalists will hammer me on this. And I'm a traditionalist. But if you look at the safety, the field conditions, the money that can be saved, um, even college recruiters can now look at a kid because it's opposite their season. You know, it makes sense to go watch a kid live instead of looking at film or taking somebody's word for it or having to go to a showcase to look at a kid. Now you can go see a kid live in their season because it's the opposite of theirs. I, you know, Mike, everything you say, you're talking about, uh, I'm listening to you this, and I'm sure there are a lot of people out there who are saying, you yeah, know, let's, let's give them some thought. I mean, I can tell you, uh, when I was coaching college baseball, uh, even when I was playing baseball, because we're talking primarily here about, about New York State, you know, Jersey, Connecticut, you know, the, these are, this is, this is a, we live in a northern climate. Uh, this isn't necessarily a concern uh, down south or out west where the weather climates are different. But around here, I mean, I can't begin to tell you how many times I used to freeze, uh, you know, over at Mercy playing college baseball games or coaching college baseball games in, uh, in late March all through April. Uh, the winds would just howl uh, off the Hudson River. The Mercy campus in Dobbs Ferry is right next to the river there. It was brutal. And, you know, I'm a big believer that baseball is a warm-weather sport. It's not to be played in, 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 uh, in cold, windy temperatures. So if you flip it to the fall and you start having tryouts, let's say, in you know, mid to late August, the kids have played ball all summer. They're in good shape. Their arms are in good shape, and you just get into it. 
to your point about the, the uh, football, yes, every year, every August, I get uh, bombarded with, with uh, press releases from medical doctors reminding me that, you know, kids have to understand that, uh, you know, heat exhaustion is a big, big concern with kids wearing pads playing football. Uh, we know all this stuff. And so, yeah, maybe the problem is just trying to figure this out and have the seasons get flipped around. I mean, I, you mentioned about the bad weather with, um, you know, in the spring. Uh, you know, the kids, most of the high school fields around here are now turf. It's not a problem in terms of getting snow off the field or, or, or rain. It makes a lot of sense, Mike. Uh, and I know you said it's not your idea, uh, but, yeah, but you are sort of like pushing this, uh, and now we're getting sort of a real platform for this. I know the state of Ohio, uh, there, there's some, some rumblings there about doing the same kind of thing. Well, I think they were doing it more for the covid well, let's get into that. Let's get into that as well, because that's one of the benefits also. If you look at football, which obviously is the ultimate contact sport, and I, uh, I don't really know. I know as they keep going through the various phases here, I don't really understand how you can get to a point with football where you can't, you, you're always going to be, you know, thinking that you want to have the kids socially distant, but how do you do that in football? Um, you know, soccer, there's still you know, a lot of uh, contact or closeness. If those sports get pushed to the spring, then maybe, just maybe, that, that sort of cures or gives us more time to get a vaccine. Right. And, and I'm going to say this, too, is I'm not sure if this would happen right now. I mean, I think, you know, you, there's got to be a lot of research that goes involved in this. Yep. I've heard stories that if the season in the fall gets pushed back, that they might actually do a split season in the spring. Now, again, that's just hearsay. You hear a lot of things, you know, through uh, athletic directors and everything else. You know, you just feel bad for these kids. Uh, well, you know, yeah. who missed the spring season. And there is a potential of missing another season because there is no vaccine right now. So we don't know what's going to happen. You know, you can't predict the future. And, and I said, like I said, this is something that I'm looking down the road a little bit. You know, I, I'd like to bring one point up, like when you talk about football and the heat. Yep. You know, we've had death. Yep. And football's had a black eye with people dying of heat exhaustion. Yes, more of that's down south, but it is still a reality. I don't know how many, and I haven't done all the research yet, and I'm just starting to get into this, how many people have died because it was too cold out? <laughs> you know, you, there's really not a lot. You don't hear that. But you have heard the minute it gets over 90 degrees and the heat index, yes, yep. sir, you're shutting down practice. In Suffolk County, they can't practice after 10 a.m. They go 8 to 10, and then they start in the afternoon. NASA is starting to adapt to that a little bit. But you've never heard of a, a football player dying because it was cold. No, and that won't be a problem with the heat index if you start football in, in March. Uh, that's for sure around these parts. Uh, let's get some thoughts about this because it is, it is different, and it takes a while to sort of sort it all out. But I do think it's something uh, worth considering. One eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. Mike, let's uh, let's start our conversation this morning with uh, Peter over in Bergenfield. Good morning, Peter. You're first up on the fan. Good morning, gentlemen. Um, Good morning. Who's going to pay? Who's going to pay for lighting, softball, baseballs, track and field, the throwing areas? Who's going to pay for those lights? Because if you have this stuff, if you get dual meets. You're not going to have them in track. And in games, you know, come November, you know, time slot changes this dark before 5 o'clock. Who's going to pay for those lights? Well, one of the things that I will say on that with the lights, I mean, when you start, just say you started baseball in the summer, 
All right, you would start in August. But you've got to remember, the spring sports season, at least in New York, and again, this is not foolproof, it's the shortest of the three seasons. In a sport like baseball and softball, you can play doubleheaders. So you could actually shorten a season. Football, you don't play your first game for three weeks. Some, some regions, it's four weeks. You have your two-week mandatory session, then you have your, you know, your scrimmage, and then the following week you either have a game scrimmage or a game. So you play three weeks before you have your first game. In baseball, lacrosse, you know, the spring sports, you go six practices before a scrimmage, eight before a game. So your season will get started actually a little bit sooner. And, and that's the good thing. So you're not going all the way into the middle of November by Thanksgiving weekend. You're going to be finished with your regular season probably sometime like October, at the end of October, and then you could have your playoff state tournaments, whatever. And mostly on the weekends, though. I mean, you can't you can't do baseball during the week to have tournaments. You have to play on Saturdays because it gets too dark too early, unless the fields are lit. And how many high schools are going to be able to afford to now to put anything on the weekends? Peter, let me jump in here and say, you know, we're just trying to to come up with this concept here first to see if it would make sense. And I hear what you're saying about, okay, what about the cost of lights? Because uh, obviously the days do get shorter once you get into November. Peter, thank you for your, your thought. Uh, you know, again, the mechanics have to work out on this because obviously there's only so many days in the calendar. But, uh, and that would be also to say, look, we also know uh, as, the, as the days get shorter around here, the, the temperatures do decline. So, you know, I know at the major league level, sometimes, uh, you know, we're talking about having the World Series come late October, early November for high school baseball, that, that's getting a little chilly. But, again, these are things to be worked on and figured out. And it may just be, as Mike says, something that has to be, you know, thought about and, and tinkered with in order to make this work. Let's uh, continue with our calls. Let's go to, uh, let's go to uh, Rob over in Lake Success. Hey, Rob, good morning. You're on the fan. Hey, Rick, good morning. Uh, interesting, interesting concept. I'm actually texting me and Jack and discussing this right now. And initially when I heard it, when I brought, you know, your, your guess, I, I, I hated it. I think it's a horrible idea. I think, but the more I think about it, I think baseball and football would probably benefit because football, you know, they're going to be able to practice in the winter time, and, and, which is cooler. They're not going to have to deal with that heat exhaustion. Baseball really can be played in the, you know, in the fall. It's just a getting used to. Mm-hmm. But what I'm thinking on the track end, because being a runner, uh, cross country in the, in the spring, it, it's not really, you know, it, that's, a win, that's a fall sport. Yes. They're running distances. It's going to be very difficult for that. I think it's good. And the multi-sport athlete, Rick, is going to have a problem. But I think they're going to have a problem in any sport because a kid who wants to basically play different sports, a lot of the football players, they, they run track, and it, it might mess up the seasons that way. And down south, Rick, you know, it, it's always hot. So really, the guide should be, Looking in the Florida school system because it, they they're always hot. So you're going to play football now in in in, um, in in the middle of April, let's say, and they, they, you know they get fucking really hot down there. For the New York metropolitan Northeast area, I think the concept swapping the baseball and football would be a pretty good idea. You're going to have less heat exhaustion, but then again, it's more of a it's more of us getting used to. Um, and this is something closely well, what we've been. Let me just say this. I think that's a possibility, too. And, uh, Rob, uh, thank you, as always, for your thoughts. You You bet. You know, the thing is, Mike, that maybe we don't do the entire 
flipping of all the sports. As Rob says, maybe you take individual sports uh, and see if you can make that work. Now, again, there are, a lot of, there are those kids still who play, uh, you know, more in one sport. That might get in the way of some conflicts. But, and I also want to point out, by the way, that, that the, the winter sports, the traditional winter sports, Mike, as you've discussed it with me, like basketball, you know, those sports do not get changed at all. They're not affected by this one way or another. Uh, but no, it, they, they stay. Yeah, they, they stay, stay right where they are. But, you know, um, yeah, I, I do think it has some, some, there's enough to this idea, enough merit to it to give this some real concern, and particularly with the concerns now about, about COVID-19 and how we can make sure or do the best we can to prevent uh, the sports that really have full contact they can be postponed uh, until the spring. All right, let me, let me take a time out. We're talking this morning about flipping high school sports seasons, the spring to the fall, the fall to the spring. We're talking with Mike Spina. Uh, let me take a pause. When I come back, we'll go right back to your calls. Stay with me. Big Wolf Sports Radio 1019 FM. FM. Sports Radio 66 WFAN. My guest right now is Mike Spina, who's a longtime and very successful high school coach and educator, and he's a, he's a traditionalist, but he's, he's sort of getting behind the idea of perhaps we should flip the high school spring and uh, spring schedule with the high school fall sports schedule, and uh, we're taking your thoughts and comments about that, and, and before we get back to the calls, Mike, let me ask you this. This, isn't, this, this proposal does not in any way affect the, uh, the summer travel teams, would it? No, it does not. It actually might actually it might help them because basically you still have your summer travel teams that are going to play, but most travel teams are done in the middle of August. Whether it's lacrosse, softball, baseball, um, those travel teams, even soccer, but they're done. And now you have a kid whose arms, you know, whether it's softball, baseball, their arms are in shape. Well, I was going to say spent the whole so, season yeah. playing travel, and now they can go right into their high school season where they're not trying to throw. And, again, we're talking northeast. You know, yeah, the so, one caller uh, that was talking about Florida, I, you know, Florida has an advantage over everybody, you know, up in the north because their weather's always nice. Their yeah. field conditions are nice. They don't worry about, you know, the rainouts and the snowouts like we do up here, you know, in the northeast. So the travel teams will actually lead right into the season that's upon them. Which means that you would have basically uh, high school tryouts would start probably in the, the third week of August, leading into the regular season, correct? Second or third week, like we do with the fall sports now. Yeah, I hear you. Okay, let's, let's get back to the calls. Let's go to uh, Jim in Huntington. Hey, Jim, you're next up on the fan. Rick, how are you? Good. I call. Mike, how are you? It's Dr. Wright. I know. How are you, pal? <laughs> Mike's, Mike's an old friend of mine, Rick. Um, and I told him on Twitter, I said I'd listen to what he had to say, then I'd probably comment on it. Um, Mike, it's a great idea. The, one, the thing you just mentioned is one of the problems, though, uh, start dates. The state recently uh, voted that we have these guaranteed start dates every year. In fact, football, Mike, you know as well as I do, is a week later now than it normally is. Yes. It is That's one thing you'd have to change. The other thing I'd ask you, Mike, I know we're talking Long Island uh, a lot here is, is this something where you'd consider pulling out of the state tournament to do this, or would you try to get the entire state to go with this? Well, I would love to chair a committee and try to get the whole state on board. I mean, you've got to remember one thing, too, Jim, is that in football, we're not in the state tournament on Long Island. 
So on Long Island, there is no state tournament. The last game that they play on Thanksgiving weekend is the Long Island Championship. Yeah. So, you know, I would love to get the whole state involved. And I listen, the whole idea about this is to just get discussion on this and see if this is something in the future that can happen. I'm not, yeah. Mike. I'm not disagreeing with you. I, I, I think the idea of segueing the seasons with baseball, um, especially though, I do worry that you know that is going to be seventy, seventy-five games a kid could play in the summertime. But they also do that in the spring. They'll play their they do that in the spring and then play another fifty in the summertime. So and then a lot does, of kids play in the fall too. It does, Mike. It does have merit. Um, my argument this year obviously was if we tried to flip it now, those kids could possibly lose two seasons. Yeah, um, if schools don't open, so but I, I I like the idea, Mike. I think you know having a committee put together is a good idea for us as athletic directors and coaches. Um, you know what the task force is trying to do now, so you know let the smoke clear a little bit and then let's see what we can get. Jim, thank you. I would for, love to have you on board. Yeah, <laughs> Jim, thanks for the thoughts. Let's uh, let's move on. Let's go to uh, let's go to Jack Smithland over in Fairland. Hey, Jack. Good morning. Uh, how are you, Rick? Good, Jack. Um, yeah, great, top, great, great topic. First, I'd like to just um, congratulate um, Aaron Sabato on the first round draft. That's yeah, a, that's pretty a cool. Fair accomplishment. Yeah, re- really cool. Um, just referring real quick back to last week. Um, good friend Donnie Ramos told me that this guy John Kroger, Kroger uh, here in New Jersey, great baseball person is doing a, a last dance baseball tournament for high schools. He's going to have over 200 teams in this tournament, supposedly, in July, and he's making every single team and player sign a waiver, like you yep. mentioned last week. So, you know, that's that's a topic to be discussed in the, in the, in the near future, too. Yep. As far as the sports flip-flopping, my only concern is this. I think it's a great idea what Rob said you know, selected sports, select sports that would be because of weather and and weather conditions. But in baseball and softball, I think it would benefit them very much. I really do, except for the part that your last caller just talked about, about, you know, the use of arms. I mean, pitchers, you know, nobody's keeping track of what these kids are playing. You know, some some of my hitters that I work with are playing on two and three different club teams, you know, and Mm -hmm. travel teams. So, you better you better keep track of what they're doing with their arms, especially the pitchers. You know, but with football and soccer playing in the spring, here's one concern that I have. It's a lot easier to practice in gyms with softball and baseball than it is with football and soccer. I mean, soccer and football need those outdoor spaces. They need that that distance, you know, your kickers. How are you going to train your kickers indoors well, in a gym? But you, I, I think know, they, so, they would go outside, Jack. Yeah. I think... I mean, the idea of having, a, you know, I think the fact that they would, they'd start in the cold, I, I understand it's cold, but, you know, kids who play soccer and football now know they're going to have cold conditions, so you would go out on the artificial turf and, and work out there. Uh, yeah, there might be some days where there's just a big snowstorm and you can't get out, but for the most part, I think they would be outside. Isn't that, isn't that correct, Mike? Yes, they would. Be. Those are moving around sports, especially with, like, football. You have the equipment, so you have the extra padding, the extra you know, protection, you know, and layers actually when you're running around in football. You know, baseball and softball, listen, I coach those sports. You try to get them moving around. But in general, that's still a standing around sport Correct. more than the other ones. So, and I, and I come from a school that has one gym. It's a small gym. They just recently added a small auxiliary gym. It's very hard in spring 
when you have two baseball teams, varsity JV, two softball teams, varsity JV, and sometimes even lacrosse sharing a gym. Sometimes you're not coming back until 9 o'clock at night to get an hour workout. So, yeah, I think that that's – look, we all know this is uh, – you have, have to tinker with this idea, uh, but I do think – and, Jack, I gather you're, you're, um, you're intrigued by this, but you still have some skepticism. All right, so uh, let's uh, let's move on. Let's go to uh, let's go to Al in Connecticut. Good morning, gentlemen. Yes, Al. Good morning. Hi, I am. A, I'm a high school softball coach here in Connecticut, and I, I'm, I'm in total agreement of uh, flip flopping the seasons. And but I think they should do all the fall sports and and not just select a couple of them only because I don't think. If you have a girl that plays field hockey and softball, she's got to make a decision now. Right. And one, one of the coaches is going to get pissed if they don't pick that sport. <laughs> I agree. Yes. You know? I agree. And, and as far as, uh, you know, the weather is obviously beautiful in September and October. It's hardly ever any rain. And we both know in March um, there's a lot of rain. There's a lot of rain out. And last year, for instance, I think I can count on one hand where I got outside for practices because it seemed like it rained every other day. It just it sucks. It just sucks being inside. Yeah, I think I hear you, Al. I mean, I, I, this is exactly this is the the, uh, the allure of this idea that Mike Espina has is 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 promoting. And and Al, thank you for the call. You know, it's funny. I am um, back in the day, uh, and I may have you know gone through this story before in the show, and I apologize if I have. But back in the day, back in the eighties, uh, when I was at Mercy, uh, I I actually teamed up with the uh, the legendary college baseball coach Gary Ward, one of the great uh, hitting instructors at the collegiate level. And this is back when he was the head coach at Oklahoma State. Um, and I, I said to Gary, you know, as, as a as a northern college, we invariably lose a lot of the top prospects from this area because they go down south to play ball because the the spring is is warmer and longer than it is around here. And Gary agreed, so we actually brought uh, – we went to the NCAA, the American Baseball Coaches Association, and said, how about we do this? Why don't we play, uh, you know, th- uh, 35 games in the fall, and they're all real games, real college baseball games, and they all count for our overall record. And then we play 35 games in the spring, but we don't start – instead of starting, like, in February or March, wait till like, early April – because uh, at least we know by then most of the snow was cleared off and we can get some decent days. But overall, you'd play 70 games in the course of a year. And Gary liked the idea, and I liked the idea, and we brought it up to our colleagues, but, and we got it voted on. But it turned out that there were, there are more southern universities that play college baseball than there are northern schools. And the southern coaches sort of said, no, that's a huge advantage for us not to have to play our games, uh, you know, uh, we play our games all year round in the spring. And we don't want to give you that advantage for recruiting. So it, it didn't go anywhere. But I very vividly recall that a lot of people thought it had an interesting concept to it. But we got, it, didn't, it didn't happen. Let's, uh, let's move on. Let's go, to, uh, let's go to Louie over in Lindbergh. Hey, Louie, good morning. You're on the fan. Hey, Rick. How are you? Good. Uh, I think I, I have a pretty good opinion about this uh, you know, I coach soccer. I have a very competitive program, ranked number nine in the country for small colleges. And I also, my team won the Section 9 Lacrosse Championship. So, mm-hmm. what flopping both of these, since I coach both sports that would be affected, yes. uh, is going to be a problem. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to mention to you why. With COVID 19, we're going to be lucky in the fall to get even half a season in. I mean, 
with all this scheduling, with all that's going on, everybody thinks that this is going to run so smoothly. Until the governor clears everything up for us and when we could start playing, uh, I don't think we're going to get a full season in. And uh, secondly, uh, the NCAA is talking about doing the same thing, flip, uh, playing two, uh, the same sport, soccer, in both the fall and the spring. The problem is the championship season is going to be in the, uh, in the spring, mm-hmm. which means that if anyone else plays any other sport, they're going to be affected by this if they're a two-sport uh, person like I am a two-sport person for coaching. Right. Uh, Louis, it, it's, so, uh, it has to be you know, smoothed out on a sport-by-sport basis. Um, and, yes, we all, of course, understand with COVID, we don't know exactly yet when things are going to get back to, uh, to normal. But this may be something, as Mike is talking about, might be a long-range kind of approach. And maybe too, it may just be the mechanics are, are, are too formidable uh, here in mid-June to make this happen for this fall. But going forth, it might be something to consider. And I hear you about, about you know, kids playing you know, multi-sports, uh, although, as we both know, that's become less and less of an issue as kids specialize at earlier ages. Yeah, could I add something to that? Sure. That's one of the reasons why I said you have to do a full switch of a fall and spring. Yes. So a kid who does multiple, multiple sports would not be affected. Correct, correct. So if I play soccer and lacrosse, if you flip them, you're still playing soccer and lacrosse. Yes. You know, and as we know, and, you know, I think, you know, for, thank you for having me on. A lot of these soccer, lacrosse, baseball, you're right, they are specializing. They are playing just that one season. All right? I, I'm looking at the multiple sport athlete. And if you do a partial switch, yes, it will not work. If you do a full switch, even with a cross country, any track, then, yes, the seasons would be on the opposite side, but they would still have their seasons. Yeah, I hear you loud and clear. And by the way, Louie, thank you for the call. You know, but, but Mike, yes, and I, I think that makes a lot of sense. If you start to, you know, try to uh, basically select one sport and, and sort of um, just try to figure out, okay, we'll do this one, in the spring and this one stays in the fall, you are going to have tremendous uh, more, more disruption than you want because some, there are those kids, particularly the kids, quite frankly, who are terrific natural athletes. They are the ones who continue to play you know, more than one sport. So they might say, wait a minute, I, I don't understand. I, 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 I'm going to lose this opportunity to play uh, several sports in high school. Uh, that's a concern. But uh, otherwise, Mike, I, you know, I'm going to be curious to see – uh, will you go with this? Uh, because uh, now that we're talking about it here on, on, on the Sports Edge and the fan, to see people come to this, it makes sense with the high school athletic directors um, because we're all looking for solutions right now. We're all look, trying to figure this out. And, Mike, um, yeah, I salute you for being creative and coming up with some ideas that might actually uh, make sense. Uh, I hope I can find somebody that wants to jump on board and at least explore it. That's my main thing. Explore the idea. We're in a world of change right now, and especially with the COVID and everything else. Things are going to change at some point. Now, again, I'm not taking credit for making up this great idea, but, yes, I, I have been talking about it, pushing it. Maybe it's just me being old and, and really having a hard time in the cold weather these days, but <laughs> I just see how many times that I've had it cancel practice or, or share a gym or something like that over the last 10 years. Yeah. And that's kind of brought it out. Even with football, 
you know, having to stop practice because it was too hot yeah. and walk off the field. I hear you. Yeah, I mean, I think we all share the same concerns, uh, but I do think it's something that um, does merit more consideration because it might be, you know, just because something's been done a long, this way for a long time doesn't mean that we shouldn't consider new ways, new options of how to put this all together. Hey, Mike Spina, thank you so much. Uh, we'll, be, uh, we'll be curious to see how this goes. All right? Thanks for having me on, Rick. I appreciate it. Thank you, Mike. Okay, when I come back after these commercial messages, uh, we're going to talk baseball with uh, Aaron Sabato and his dad, Ted, about being a, a local kid, uh, you know, being drafted in the first round. Stay with me. Big Wolf. Sports Radio 66 uh, Just a quick reminder that you can always find uh, all my opinions and thoughts and comments, and I welcome yours as well, at uh, my website at askcoachwolf.com. And at 9 o'clock this morning, following the Sports Edge, uh, Susan Waldman and Howie Rose will be along, and they'll be uh, talking about what's happening in the national pastime, uh, and they'll be curious to see what they have to say because things are changing so rapidly when it comes to, to Major League Baseball. And uh, speaking of Major League Baseball, this is a very nice segue. You know, last Sunday on the show I spoke with uh, Ted Sabato, uh, Ted who played for me back, uh, back in the day at Mercy College. Uh, we were talking about his son Aaron, uh, the All-American uh, first baseman from uh, UNC, who last week was being touted as a first-round draft choice. And sure enough, this past Wednesday evening, uh, that happened. Uh, Aaron was selected by the Minnesota Twins in the first round, uh, 27th pick overall. And, uh, and well, Aaron, are, are you there? Hi, Rick. Yes, I'm here. Good. Well, first of all, Congratulations. That This is uh, one heck of an achievement, quite an accomplishment. I, I know in talking to your dad, uh, he's over the moon. I'm sure you're the same way. Oh, yeah, it's still surreal. And thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Let's talk, uh, because it's been an unusual year for you, Aaron. Uh, you know, this is with with the the, the college season being uh, stopped uh, prematurely, uh, the draft uh, being only five rounds. Walk us through the days leading up to the draft. I mean, were the scouts from the various big league teams, were they, uh, were they talking directly to you? Were they talking to your family uh, legal advisor, Bobby Barrett? Uh, tell, walk us through what happened over the last um, you know, few days before the, uh, you got picked. Uh, yeah, teams um, would go through Bobby, um, and we would just set up Zoom links. I mean, we couldn't have people come to the house or they, they couldn't scout in any way, so they needed a chance to, to sit down and talk with me, and, and it was over Zoom, kind of like what we did for college classes. And it, they would just be little questions um, about who I was as a person, as a hitter, um, my character, like what am I doing on my off time? But um, that was just the only way that we could really um, connect um, with all the, the COVID stuff. Were you talking with uh, the general managers or a director of player operations? Who, who were... Uh... What level of the organization were you talking with? The farm director? Um, it depended on the team, but there was definitely like the top level guys, the guys who made all the decisions. And I'm, I'm curious, how many teams were talking to you? Um, a bunch. Whether there was, I did about probably ten to fifteen Zoom meetings. Um, but I was in contact with scouts from almost every team. Jeez, unbelievable. And, and uh, friends, if you haven't seen Aaron play, uh, you got to check it out. Go online and just see some of the, the, the video clips. I mean, he just, 
he just punishes a baseball, uh, not unlike the way his dad hit baseballs back in the day in college. Uh, but Aaron, I mean, Ted was a great, great hitter, Aaron. I will tell you, that's that's a God's honest truth. But I know you're a little bigger than your father, and you, you hit the ball even further than he did. Um, you know, so let, let, let's talk about um, – uh, I assume you've been uh, – what happens now? I mean, back in the day when most draft kids – when a draft takes place, traditionally uh, the scout comes to you and, and uh, there's a signing almost immediately. They, they don't fool around with this. They want this done. And mm-hmm. then they just simply uh, send you off their dispatch to uh, usually the team's uh, spring training facility where they, they work you out and get you uh, you know all set, and then they figure out what minor league team you're going to play at. But this is not this year. This is different. So what what is happening? I mean, you're still home, right? You're still home in Westchester County? Yeah, I'm still home. Um, I think I, I was talking with, with um, my agent yesterday and some of the guys from the, from the Twins organization. They just said they're like, they just don't know like where anybody's going to go right now. They said probably a couple weeks, a couple more weeks, I'll be home. But then they're hoping to get people down, you know, their spring training in, in Florida. Um, but we, it's more of just a, a day by day thing, kind of waiting to hear um, and just playing it by ear and, and just hoping. I'm hoping, you know, that something happens pretty quickly. I mean, is is it is it a? I don't even know. I mean, is is it a done deal that the that the minor leagues are not going to play this year? I, I I honestly have no clue. I, I think that they're really hoping that Major League Baseball starts, and and once they do, they're they're at least trying to do some maybe instructional stuff um, at the spring training complex, and, and you know just so guys like me and and the first year guys really just don't kind of like lose this year of development with the team. You know they, right, they don't want right. you sitting around for months waiting until next February to play. And, and so I I gather in in this uh, now famous batting cage in your backyard. <laughs> I mentioned you're spending some quality time in the cage, correct? Uh, yeah, we definitely spent some quality time. My dad keeps me busy in there. Uh, I mean, so I mean, is that is that basically where you're working out every day? Uh, yeah, pretty much. I mean, up here it's getting a little better um, going out wise, but baseball facilities and stuff like that is closed. And I mean, if you can get outside now that it's getting nicer out here, we we really try to take advantage of, of you know the good weather that we get for a couple months out of the year. I'm, I'm, now again, uh, you're a first baseman. Uh, do you have a chance? Where do you go to a, a local field if you can to take ground balls and, and throw? What, what do you do in terms of staying in shape defensively? Um, yeah, it's a, a lot of it is just. We, I went to a, a private school up here, and and they got facilities and stuff. So hopefully, like they'll let me on maybe in a couple of weeks, um, a couple of days. Um, but yeah, a lot of it is just a lot of it is just glove work, um, making sure that I can make some picks working on just standing still a lot of just maybe my dad just throwing me short hops a lot of it's just really feeling feeling my glove and feeling my body work um and then ground balls here in the backyard i mean you don't really i got grass back here and a decent amount of space um so a lot of it is just kind of just maintaining that way now i should probably ask have you officially signed um not yet i think probably in a couple days here so you're basically going through the negotiation process um, yeah, well, we, we've, we've, we're finished with the negotiation process. We're now more just waiting to see like what they want to do with physicals wise with like the actual signing the contract. And, and so are you hearing on a daily basis from the twins and, and are you hearing from, I don't know, uh, uh, the, the front office, uh, the, the big league manager, uh, the, the physical conditioning people who, who are, who's talking to you at this point? Um, just, I get little calls here, but it's more, pro- it's more through my agent. And he kind of lets me know what's going on. Yeah. Okay. Uh, 
your, your dad last week had talked about, he joked that uh, he was a few years ago going out and, and, and putting in the various uh, pipes and stuff for uh, the batting cage that, that your mom thought that he, she was going to get a swimming pool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, she did. That, that was funny when that first happened, but... I think I was more happier with the outcome than she was. <laughs> but maybe now with the signing bonus, you can get that swimming pool for your mom. So. <laughs> yeah, she wants one. I'll get it. <laughs> <laughs> well, Aaron, I I, uh, I just want to send along my, my, my congratulations again. You know, there's so many so many sports parents out there, you know, really, of course, secretly dream that this would happen for their son or for their daughter uh, to be such a huge success and, and to be recognized by pro scouts. Uh, so clearly this is just great for you and obviously for your family. Uh, we'll obviously be watching you, you know, hopefully there will be baseball this, this summer, uh, either for you at the big league level or at the minor league level, and then uh, we'll see what happens uh, in, into next year. But clearly – when you're, when you're anointed as a first-round draft choice, clearly uh, the Twins organization have great, great expectations for you, and this is just wonderful. Thank you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Aaron, let me talk to your dad for a minute. I got you. He's right here. Okay. Hey, good morning, Rick. How are you? Ted, uh, you obviously even listen to this conversation, and for the benefit of our listeners, when I'm talking with uh, Ted Sabato, uh, whose son Aaron was just drafted in the, the first round by the Minnesota Twins, and, and, and Ted, uh, as I said to your son, this has to be just a, such, a, you know, such a crowning achievement for, for any youngster, but also for, for the family. I mean, this is, you know, you put a lot of work, a lot of effort into to uh, you know, raising your son to play baseball, to work on his skill and talents. Uh, I know that you know early on you were involved, uh, you know, trying to organize a travel team for for him uh, and and the other kids in in the area. So this is this is gonna make you feel pretty proud. Oh yeah, there's no words for it. You know, more than proud. Uh, yeah, I'm on cloud a thousand and still climbing, Rick. It's just uh, it's surreal. It's like a it's like a dream. I'm in, I feel like I'm in a dream. It's definitely a dream come true, but it's beyond words. Uh, you know, it, 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 it's um, – I'm just – again, I'm going to come back for a second to uh, to talking about this whole process because obviously yeah. you, you're, you're, you must have known that he – certainly he was going to get drafted, even though it was a, yeah. a truncated draft this year with only five rounds. You yeah. know he's going to get drafted, but now all of a sudden all these various organizations are talking to Aaron, you know, by mm-hmm. phone. Uh, they're talking to him on Zoom calls and stuff, and you're obviously you're probably listening in or watching all this as well. And and uh, you must be sitting there thinking, gosh, they're all saying such nice things about my son, <laughs> but which one? Yeah. Which one's going to come through? You know, and and uh, yeah. What was your sense after uh, after Aaron or you talked? Uh, well, you first let me ask you: Were you on the call with with the twins and everybody else uh, during this whole process? No, they, uh, you know, they. It was basically with Aaron himself, um, you know, through the process, and he was blessed to have you know since down Carolina and playing in the ACC to be in communication with, like he said, probably every team with meetings and. You know, scouts always in the stands, and then when the process narrowed down to the draft, and thank God Major League Baseball did have the draft back, you know, on the original date where it was going to be postponed into July. Yep. Uh, it narrowed down to you know real possibilities, and the real possibilities he had like like top Zoom uh, with top uh, you know some GM, some you know top um, you know scouts within the organization hitting guys. 
and uh, he had meetings with probably 10 to 15 teams, and you knew, you know, that was a fantastic, great sign, and it was kind of same thing, surreal, you're, you're anxious, you're, you're so excited, <laughs> and you're hoping, you know, you're hoping your dream comes true, and, you know, he did have a another year of college, and he did have, uh, he actually, you know, another blessing of Aaron and, and showing his talent, he's, he's doing it a year earlier than a lot of other kids with mm-hmm. with the, with the uh, information out there and kind of like the data they put in the system with two years of um, of the scouting. You know, Aaron was only, you know, one year really, and, and the season got cut short. So it was, so, you know, it, it's another journey of a, of a unbelievable accomplishment, and we're so, so proud. I'm, I'm proud, like I said, a thousand and still climbing. But he had those teams, and there were a few teams through his agent that, um, we thought, you know, there was strong, strong possibilities, but like anything, you know, things transpire and, and things fall into place where, where really God has you and the twins, you know, like, like several teams are, are, are great people, great organization. And, um, not that we said we thought he would go, well, you say that high, I, you know, it's just to be drafted is a blessing. So, um, yeah, when, I... it came around, when it came around, we were very happy just to be selected so that you know he's gonna he's gonna be on the big things he's a, he's a special person and well, player I, I you know uh, well said Ted and, and and you know uh people in baseball of course know that right-handed power hitters are, are hard to find uh and yes. and uh clearly we also know that uh you know one of the biggest concerns every year at the draft is that kids get excited and they hear you know rumors and things that uh, yeah. hey it looks like this organization is going to draft me very high and so on and so forth and nothing happens and it gets to be a huge disappointment but right. in this case it was pretty clear the way you and Aaron have described it that um, yeah something special was going to happen to have so many so many major league teams saying I want to talk to Aaron and see what he has to say see what kind of person he is see how he how he articulates his thoughts I mean this is pretty special stuff yeah it's it's, it's it is very very special and you know what it's 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 all those things together it's not just one facet of a ball player and uh, not just cuz he's my son um Aaron you know he has those qualities off the field and impacts he has on people and, and things I witness every day, I'm more than, more than proud of that, even more than the baseball. And putting that together, uh, you know, with the, twin, the Twins are going to see, he's, he's on to big things. So is, is the Sabato household now showered with Minnesota Twins? Oh, yeah, yeah, all right, yeah, we got all the Twins, and that's it. They, they, you know, we were lifetime Yankee fans, you know, forever, growing up and everything, and uh, that's kind of put away, you know, that's on the side a little bit already, and how fast, how fast things change, you know, fickle, that's it. We, we're, we're, we're Twins right now. <laughs> Well, as as I said, Ted, it's just a you know, uh, it's such 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 a wonderful news, and and we're so thrilled for 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 Aaron and for your family, and um, yeah, just um, just going to continue to be a wonderful wonderful experience as as you see your son go through this. Um, so anyhow, I just want to send my congratulations uh, and my thanks again for for taking up some time, not only last Sunday but also today, uh, and obviously we'll be tracking Aaron and his progress as he can continues uh in, in his in his professional baseball career uh, thank you so much rick it's an honor and uh 
so happy to talk to you again, and, and, and you're the best. Uh, God bless you. <laughs> Thank you, Ted. Okay, that is Ted Sabato, who, was, as I've mentioned, and I'm very proud of this, that Ted had played for me uh, when he was an undergrad at Mercy College. And, uh, Ted, it's funny, when, when, I, when I watched Ted hit, uh, you know, he was right on top of the plate, right-handed hitter like his son. Uh, and I watched, the first time I watched Aaron on video, I'm thinking, my gosh, this is like watching his dad hit. It was, you know, he was right on top of the plate, uh, didn't have much body movement in terms of the pitch. Uh, very tough to fool Aaron on any kind of breaking ball. And he just hit lasers all over the park. And so, uh, again, on a personal note, just absolutely overjoyed for, for Ted and his son, uh, Aaron, and obviously for the entire Sabato family. Shows that you can grow up in a northern climate and uh, play baseball, uh, you know, uh, in the cold weather. And Aaron had gone to, uh, to the Brunswick School, uh, and he obviously had, was a star there, caught the eye and attention uh, of uh, UNC, and uh, went down there, matriculated, uh, and has obviously had, you know, had a short season this year, as all college kids did, but uh, clearly was, had a great, great career. And by the way, I just want to talk about the fact that, before I wrap this show up this morning, this whole idea about uh, flipping the sports from one season to the other, uh, again, we don't have, you know, we don't have all the details worked out, and Mike Spina was very clear about that, but he's been sort of beating the drum about this for some time. I do think it merits some investigation because of the fact that just because someone's been done for a long time doesn't necessarily mean we shouldn't investigate and think about it, particularly now uh, being uh, motivated by the concerns with COVID-19. It's something to really sort of consider because it might just be a, a way of the future. It's simple as that. As I mentioned, apparently in the state of Ohio, they're thinking about the same thing. Okay, that's going to do it for me in this edition of the Sports Edge. My thanks this morning to Pete Hoffman. Please stick around for Susan Wallman and Howie Rose. They're up next. I see you next week right here on the Sports Edge. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.